You guys, I've never really truly had money problems. I had money stories. I took on the thoughts and patterns of my family. And I haven't ever really had a money problem because I've always been able to make good money. And so it was just changing the patterns and the habits in my head to where, you know, there really hasn't been a time in my life where I couldn't afford avocado. And yet I just told myself because that is a safety thing. Like you shouldn't be doing that, you know, save your money. And I'm the first person to tell you, I've never had debt in my life. I pay my credit cards off full, but I spend a lot of money. And the more that I do it, the more safety I have around myself. And it's not the finances. Like I have safety in myself. And that's a really big deal. And that's a big difference. And I want you guys to understand that. That's why I say confidence is such a big thing is that I am confident enough in myself that I'll always have finances and I will always figure it out. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hello, y'all. This is Nathan Salter, and welcome to Decide It's My Turn podcast. Today, I will be interviewing my lovely wife, B. Christina. We will talk about all things personal, business, arguing, mentoring, mindset, money, all the things, as she always likes to say. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Oh my God, that was the best thing ever. Decide It's Your Turn podcast. He's calling it Decide It's My Turn. You guys enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, I have a guest. However, it's not in line. It's a human who I allow to live with me. Sometimes I wonder why, but apparently you guys like him over on my social media. It is the one, the only, my husband, the man I call Stinky, which we'll probably not get into, but hi. Hi, and let me change this up. Today, it is Decide It's My Turn podcast. Because I get to be in control and ask all the questions. You guys, this came from one of the viewers, one of you amazing humans on my social media. I always ask, what should Nathan and I talk about? What should we do? And one of you amazing humans, her name is Christina. She's a former client of mine. She said, why doesn't Nathan interview you? And I was like, oh my God, that's the best question ever. That is the best reply ever. So today, Nathan is taking the reins and he is going to interview me. It's going to be a conversation. There's really no point to this podcast, but you guys love him so much. You guys care so much about what he has to say on my social media. He thinks it's hilarious. I think it's amazing. I'm so grateful that I have a husband who plays along and allows, you know, you as the viewers to see a little bit of our lives. We don't show you everything, but we do show quite a bit over the last few years and it's been a lot of fun and I am super grateful to him. So I am going to pass over the mic. I have no idea what he's going to ask me. However, he and I are extremely 
different in a lot of regards. And he has a whole fucking list and the sentences written out and like, he is so well prepared. If it was me, I would just come up with the top of my head. So that is one of the main differences between us, right, Ben? Exactly. And that's why my things always turn out so much better than yours. Kind of like following directions when it comes to cooking, maybe when it comes to putting things together. A plan is always better, Christina. If you learn one thing from this podcast, then that's what you should learn. A plan is always better. Okay, let's tell them though. Okay, so I am an Enneagram 3. If you guys know anything about Enneagrams, I am an Enneagram 3. And for those who do know about Enneagrams, you would guess that my husband is a hard one. He is the onest of the one when it comes to an Enneagram. So yes, he loves him some directions and he loves him some rules. So yeah, we just thought, I thought I'd point that out. (laughs) Not funny. Um, Okay, let's get started. Let's start off with um, some of the questions that you had gotten, I guess, this morning that you gave to me. Um, The first one is, how do we argue? And that's such a broad, broad topic, and we can go really, really deep with that, or we can stay very shallow with that. But I will let you, um, let let me let you start, and I'll feed off of the way in which you respond. Okay, so this was a question, how do Nathan and I argue? And he was like, why does someone want to know that? But I actually think it's really helpful. Um, How we argue has definitely been transformed over the last however many years we've been together. I guess this fall will be 19 years, which is crazy to say because I barely feel 19 some days. Um, (laughs) With my attitude, however, he's rolling his eyes going, you look way older than that. Um, Yeah, how we argue has transformed over the last few years with obviously what I do and what we've done together, our therapy together, our mindset work, becoming better, what we consider better human beings has definitely evolved. I I am definitely a person who likes to yell and scream and get it over with and forget about it. Nathan is, in my personal can I opinion, my own yes, you can answer your own question. He can answer his own question. Okay, okay babe, tell everyone how it no, is. No, no, go ahead. I, I want to hear what I want to hear what you think the way is that I argue with you. Okay, the way that you argue with me is you get really quiet and you pent it all up. Now, I will say over the years, we've gotten much better in our arguing style and our communication style, whether arguing communication and all the things he understands now sometimes like what I really want. Do I want him to fix it? Because you ladies know, listening to this, that like guys love to fix shit. Like I want to tell him something and he's like, all right, let's list all of the reasons why or all of the reasons how to fix the shit. And half the time, I don't want him to fucking fix it. I just want him to listen. And he has learned that over the years. But argumentative style, I will say, and I will let you chime in here in a second. And feel free to take the mic from me. This is your podcast interviewing me. So, like, fucking take I'm the not mic. A rude, I'm not a rude host like yourself. Baby, they can't hear you. There's only one mic. So, <laughs> um, I am the person who likes to get it all out, get it over with, yell and scream. That's just the way I grew up. Our family was yellers. Like, let's get it all out, be done with it. His family is like, bury it under the rug and never act like it happened and never talk about it. So there's just like two very different styles, but we've had to learn over the years of how to communicate. I will tell you, I have gotten a lot better about walking away. I've gotten a lot better about listening to his opinion and listening to his input and not thinking that my way is the only right way. I've gotten better at that for sure. But 
As for arguments, like our biggest argument most of the time, like over the years, we've only had one knockdown drag out fight. And I promise you that was probably the like the lightning strike of our relationship for me, where I was kind of like, oh, fuck, I have to do some work on myself or I'm going to lose this relationship. But overall, we fight about the stupidest shit, to be honest with you. We fight about it's getting better because we hired someone to cook for us. But, you know, it used to be, where do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? Where do you want to eat? And then that turns into an argument about something that's completely ridiculous. I will say, though, that I think one of the things that I have done and I have learned over the years that I oftentimes want to pick a fight in order to feel better about something that has nothing to do with him. And I've gotten a lot better about saying, hey, that had nothing to do with you and everything to do with me. Because even though I hate to say this in public, he is a pretty damn good husband. Like, he doesn't stay out all night. He doesn't come home hammered. He treats me with respect. Like, the two worst things that he does, which I do want to murder him for, is his snoring, <laughs> which is the worst, and the noises he makes. But besides that, overall, I have a pretty good husband who I don't really have a tendency or need to argue with all that often. So I will let you take it from here, my love. I wasn't sure if you're ever going to finish. <laughs> wow. So, yes, our arguing used to be um, much different than it is today. You are definitely a yeller, screamer, arguer, fighter person. Um, but you could always just turn that off. So we could have like this big argument where I would be fuming mad for three days and not want to speak to you. And you could be, OK, that's perfect. Um, I'm over it now. Why are you upset? But that's not how I really am. And that's not how I was raised. So it's definitely different today. But um, our arguing and our struggles um, were very difficult not to. Well, it's been a long time ago now, um, but we have worked on it. And I think that it's a lot better. But everyone's going to argue. Um, I want to remind you and um, any other married women out there that we are men. And so we don't always understand things um, that come from women. So sometimes, like I tell you, just like tell us um, if there's a problem and you want it fixed, then be more intentional of saying, here's this problem and I would like your input. And if not, it's OK to say I'm really just trying to vent and uh, I don't really need any feedback or um, you know like fix anything uh, in any way. And then that will drastically reduce the arguments it does in our household. Okay, question number uh, two. You good with that? I'm good. You sure you have nothing else to add? You talk for a long time. I know, but I'm a talker and you're just like not as much. <laughs> Correct. Um, I'll watch Ed Milad and he said, when you do these podcasts, you're supposed to just listen. I did. I let you listen. What's question two? Okay, question two. Why didn't I stay home today with you? Because it's a snow day. Um, when you are a uh, business owner that does not allow you to work from home, there are no such thing as snow days. So I went to work and you went and got your hair did. I went and got my hair did, but I actually also did a client call. I recorded a solo podcast by myself, which has already come out. Well, by the time you hear this, it will. And I uh, did a quick little workout. I mean... I will be honest with you, I work a lot. And so when I plan out very far in advance, like three, four, five, six weeks in advance to get my hair done and go for lunch with a girlfriend, the one mother trucking day that it snows a year is the day that I'm supposed to go get my hair done. Well, guess what? For those who watch my Instagram stories, you saw I fucking went in a snowstorm and drove 30 something miles to go get my hair done. And it was completely fine. 
and it was worth every single like blood cr- blood crunching like icy patch on the road but it really wasn't that bad i promise you the roads were actually really really clean and it just made you nervous in the beginning but going to get your hair done hello ladies we all know like a hair day is so fucking important so the reason why he didn't stay home with me is because you just don't love me and you act like a six-year-old this morning you laid on the floor and kicked and screamed like someone took your toy because you were supposed to get your hair done all my women listeners know a hair day is like literally a mandatory day and i was crying in thought that i couldn't have my hair done for another seven weeks that is a non-fucking negotiable like literally like it's breathing no one wants to see my hair not done and sure as fuck you don't i know i don't and i know my followers 100 percent don't my little six-year-old y'all should have seen her <laughs> wow so uh, another question that i came up with that i think would be interesting for um, really me to learn a little bit more about. Give me like just a couple of bullet points, not one of your long drawn out answers about um, how did you become B Christina and why? Well, everyone already knows the answer to this, so it would be short and sweet. I was golf Christina on social media for a really, really long time. I used my job as my identity. And when I finally got to the point that I was you know, and that was a, obviously a really hard time patching my identity to, you know, who I am as a human being. But I went from golf Christina to be Christina. And it's actually funny. I paid a girl in like Sweden or Norway or something like that. I can't remember this. I think it was about four or five years ago. I think it was five years ago. I found be Christina. I was like, I just want to be Christina. I just want to be Christina. I want to be golf Christina. I want to be white Christina. I just want to be Christina because I want to be who God created me to be. And I remember that I was like, I have to be Christina. And someone had already had the Instagram handle. So I went back and forth with this girl and I somehow PayPal this chick. I don't even know how much it was, three or $400, which wasn't much for her Instagram handle. And ever since I've been be Christina because I encourage everyone to be themselves. Again, short answers. Second question to relate back to your podcast. Tell me about quote, decide it's your turn that I think you've now trademarked, correct? That is correct. I have spent a lot of money on that. (laughs) Thousands and thousands of dollars, but it's so worth it because, and a big shout out to my uh, business manager, Ricky, who really helped me decide that spending the money to trademark that was an important thing to do, but deciding it's your turn, you know, like I believe that every single person at any moment in time, just like when you listen to the beginning of this podcast, any moment, at any point in time, anyone can decide it's their turn to live their life and to live their purpose and live their God-given purpose. So decide it's your turn. And that was the, the name of the event that I had a few years ago. And from that moment on, it was just made the podcast, made the whole entire business model, decision, faith, and action. You can decide it's your turn. Man, I'm glad I got the short answer that time. Woo! I'm glad today it's decided it's my turn. All right, another question. Talk about your money mindset and how you do struggle or have struggled with it and how are you working on it? Well, that's a really great question. I do talk about that here and there, especially with a lot of my clients is, you know, I grew up with a really poor money mindset, not, you know, no slam against my parents. It's just like what they knew, right? Like they didn't come from much and, you know, I think a lot of people associate money with 
um, safety. And especially, you know, for my mother, uh, you know, money was considered safe. If you had that, you'd be safe. Right. And that to me, that is um, something that's very it's different in my mind now. And I, I believe that for a really long time. But, you know, one thing that I say is that we don't have to be our parents' stories. We don't have to be our parents' habits. And I fucking love my parents so much, but there's a lot of things that I learned from them that was amazing. And then there's other things that I, I have now decided that I'm going to do differently. And money mindset has been a huge thing. And, and Nathan, obviously you've been a massive part of that. You know, Nathan probably grew up with a lot less money than I did. You know, I was very middle-class. He was below middle-class growing up and he just had this fire in him that money was never going to be something that he was afraid of. And he knew that he was always going to have it and make it and um, not be scared of it. And I think for myself over the years, I have learned to change a lot of my stories around money. Obviously, like it's not something that's ever going away. You get to a different level and it all just becomes different. What used to be $100 used to be scary. It could now be $100,000 could be scary. It could be a million dollars could be scary. But I have worked on it, you know? I told this story in my mastermind to my girls just a few weeks ago about, you know, I used to look at a menu at the price of avocado. I used to look at add-ons. I used to look like, oh, do I really need to add chicken for an extra $6. You guys, I've never really truly had money problems. I had money stories. And that was like, literally, I took on the thoughts and patterns of my family. And I haven't ever really had a money problem because I've always been able to make good money. And so it was just changing the patterns and the habits in my head to where you know, there really hasn't been a time in my life where I couldn't afford avocado. And yet I just told myself because that is a safety thing. Like you shouldn't be doing that, you know, save your money. And, you know, it's not, I am, I'll, I'll, I'm the first person to tell you, I've never had debt in my life. I pay my credit cards off full, but I spend a lot of money and I'm actually, the more that I do it, the more safety I have around myself. And it's not the finances. Like I have safety in myself. And that's a really big deal. And that's a big difference. And I want you guys to understand that. That's why I say confidence is such a big thing is that I am confident enough in myself that I'll always have finances and I will always figure it out. But yeah, there's some stories, you know, like my husband is a real estate developer and, you know, there's sometimes where really big numbers, seven, eight figures are involved and it's nerve wracking. But I also know that you know, we did it once, we can do it again, God forbid. But there's a lot of trust in that. And there's a lot of strength in that. And that comes with a lot of confidence. And so for me, it's a constant, you know, working on my money mindset. But there's also like things that I say that I think are really helpful. And this might be a good one for you is that you don't have $5 problems or you don't have $100 problems. I got that from you, babe. He tells me all the time, we don't have $100 problems. And that's really a good little phrase to put in your head when you catch yourself like worrying about $100. If you don't have $100 problems, that is a really good phrase to repeat. And then I also think too, that when you're confident in yourself, you can always figure out how to do it. And so it's just a constant evolution, a constant journey, the more money, different level, you know, they always say new level, new devil. And so, you know, what used to be a $10 mindset thing could now be a $10,000 mindset thing. And so I think you just constantly work on that. But you also set temperatures, right? I talk about this quite a bit on this podcast is that 
you know, a different temperature. You know, I have a temperature of like, I have a cleaning lady. Guess what? My temperature will never go under having a cleaning lady. I will always fucking figure out how to pay my cleaning lady every two weeks. And I think that like, once you start doing those things, your temperature starts to raise and your financial temperature starts to raise. So once you do that, you can raise the next thing. And so I would tell you that, you know, if avocado, looking at the menu of avocado is something that you're conscious of when you truly don't have to be, then say, I am not a person who worries about avocado and really push yourself to do that. And I think that that could be really helpful to people who struggle with the money mindset. And obviously, you know, avocado might be a first class seat, might be a private jet. You just put, you put yourself in the story. That's great. Thank you. We've actually said that, I don't know, for quite some time now, we reference a lot of things to avocado because you did um, at one time have like this money mind struggle where literally it was, I can't afford to, or I don't choose to like add a side of avocado and absolutely avocado can be hundred dollars, million, trillion, whatever your, uh, I guess, current life situation is or financial situation. Um, avocado can mean a lot of things. So thank you for that. Let's go to another question from, um, I guess someone this morning, how do we budget? Um, that's going to be an interesting <laughs> response from you. So I'm, uh, I'm actually a little anxious to, to hear how do quote we budget? <laughs> quote we do not budget <laughs> short you wanted a really short answer there's the shortest answer possible and you know i don't know if that's right or wrong uh, and i can't tell anyone how to live I, I think that you know as a coach i say all the time that i can't tell you i don't give anyone the answers for their life i don't give anyone the answers for their business i believe it's truly inside of them and i believe that you know not one size fits all everything you know, especially in the in this world, this online space world where people say you have to do this to have to success or do this to have success. I don't believe that that's true. And, you know, for Nathan and I, going back to the money mindset stuff, you know, when we first got together, we've been together almost a little over 18 years and we never got married for the first nine years. And, um, you know, but we were living together. Heaven forbid his mother called us friends for like six years, guys. Sort of guys. She still does. She still does. <laughs> She still does, folks. She still does. There's still hope that I'm not going to be here forever. No. Um, anyway, all of that to be said is, um, you know, in the beginning, when we first got together, we weren't married for such a long period of time, but we were living together and Nathan was making more money than I was because I was playing professional golf. And for those who think it's so, you know, private jets and glamorous, there's a big part of it that is 100% not. And, um, you know, we just kind of lived. I paid for my stuff. He paid for his stuff. And so when we were getting to the point that we were talking about living together and getting married and putting bank accounts together and stuff like that, a lot of that came from my insecurities. You guys, you know, I've talked about it on this podcast. I believe for a really long portion of my life that you know, I had to take care of myself and I had to do my own things. And like that, I would never rely on a man. And to me, I was like, I will never be the typical woman. And that's a lot. That's a whole other podcast and more stories, patterns, behaviors from, you know, your childhood. But I literally had a hard time with that because I wanted to always make my own money and I didn't want to rely on someone. There's a little bit, you know, it's almost like you, you really have to trust another human being. And I think the number one thing I have with Nathan is trust. Like we have so much fun together. I trust him with my whole entire existence. I trust him with my life, but I think I had to gain enough trust in myself. And so when we got married, we didn't like immediately put everything together. We still don't have everything together. His life and his business is very weird. I, I'm very weird in many regards in the fact that he has 
so many businesses. He doesn't even know how many he has, I'm sure. But, you know, there's just a lot that goes into it. And so I have my personal account. I have my business account. He has his personal account and he has probably 10,000 business accounts. I don't, a lot of them have a lot of negative numbers in front of them too, which is so funny. It's called debt. It's there's called debt. There's no, nothing wrong with that. This is what I'm told, folks. But see, I'm pushing my money mindset uh, beliefs right there. But all of that to be said is we just both pay for our own things. Nathan truly, and this is something that, you know, is kind of helpful, I think, for people to understand is that there was a couple of years ago where I was devastated that he didn't know how much money I was making. And a lot of that, guys, came down to my worth, came down to my self-worth, I believe, and still have a little tiny bit of me inside of me that's like, my worth comes from what I do. And I'm still working on that. And, you know, for a long time, it's how I looked, what I was doing, you know, my career title, how much money I was making. And that still peaks its head every once in a while. Just because I coach people and help people doesn't mean that I've got all my shit together all the time because I fucking don't. This thing comes up all the time. You know, there's part, you know, I haven't really talked a ton about it, but in the business, you know, I'm willing to risk losing $100,000 to do something that's out of alignment right now. And I had to talk to him about that and say, hey, like I'm making these big decisions and it really hurt my self-confidence in in some regards and and not really self-confidence, but I I really had to kind of dive in and it was more the ego really is what I was worried about. So, you know, there was years ago, he didn't know how much I was making. He didn't know if I was making 60,000 or 600,000. He had no idea. And so it's, it's a good thing. And it's a bad thing. You know, he's never um, been on top of me about money. He's never ridden me about like, what am I doing with it? But I've always been a smart um, financial person. I've always paid my bills. I've always had enough. And there's been times where I've had to borrow money from him, especially back early in my business where, you know, I, I took a big hit in 2018. I lost $50,000 in the business and, you know, he helped me out during that time. And obviously we were married. So it's not like he was helping me, but like for me mentally, that was a big deal. And so budget wise, if I'm being hundred percent honest, we don't really have one. We're not huge spenders. We live a very good life. We pay our bills on time and you know, we do fun things and we, we don't think about avocado and we're blessed in that, in that regard. But, you know, it's not like I, I don't have a crazy shopping habit and I, you know, we don't fly, fly on private jets all the time and, you know, do that kind of stuff, but we don't really have to think about everyday little things. And that's, and that is a huge blessing. And I'm not going to say that it's not, but as for budget, there's not much of a thought behind it because we just don't really live an extravagant life. Again, thank you for the short answer. That was awesome. Well, what would you say about our budget? What's your opinion? Like, you tell me. Like, I do have a rule, though, because, like, if I were to ever spend over, like, $10,000, I would ask him. But under that, chances are I'm just going to fucking spend it. But anything over that, you know, there was a gift that I was going to buy him, and it was over $10,000. Let's just say that. And I couldn't do it because I felt like I had the responsibility to at least run it past you. That's, I think that's responsible of me. It's absolutely responsible. And that's the reason that we don't have a budget is because you are all the things that you just said. It's 100% true. You're not a huge spender. There's a ton of trust in our relationship. Um, You have your business. I have my businesses. And we, you know, in some instances do our own things. Um, It hasn't always been the best. It hasn't been looked upon as the best from you. But um, at the end of the day, there's a lot of love and respect in this house, which uh, the love and the respect and the trust, I think, is a big part of us 
not necessarily having the stringent budget. If you were a big spender or I was even a big spender and we had financial issues or were not able to pay our bills, then I absolutely know because I made a list and spent 15 minutes to come in here and ask you some questions. You know we would have a budget. It would be on a spreadsheet. It would be checked every week. Oh, my God. Isn't that so fucking true, you guys? It would be down to the freaking nickel. I will tell you that. We don't have one. Thank God. <laughs> yes, because you would really hate it. It would lead to um, a lot of that previous question. How do we argue? <laughs> how do we argue? So, yes, we don't have a budget, but it's for uh, for good reasons. Love, trust, respect understanding. I think all those things is why some people do need budgets. And I think budgets are uh, needed. I have lots of budgets with every financial business or everything that I invest in. There are very stringent budgets, but at our house, we don't necessarily have um, what I would consider a budget. We have love and respect in our house. I will say that. Hey, y'all, it's Christina. I just wanted to jump in here real quick. On a recent podcast, I mentioned that I have been on over 100 free discovery calls over the last year, and I want to do the exact same thing in 2022. People often wonder, well, what do I get out of these calls? Men and women from around the world who are jumping on these calls are walking away from the calls with more clarity, figuring out the mindset block that's stopping them from feeling really confident to make more money, feel fulfilled, and know what next step they have to take in order to decide it's their turn. So if you've ever thought about jumping on one of these calls, I would absolutely love to talk to you. So feel free to send me a text at 501 501- 222-3362. Text me the word call and we can book one of those calls or head over to the show notes and you've got a link to my website where you can book a free discovery call with me. Um, so personal, another question I guess that you got this morning. How did we know we were the ones for each other? And I know you're going to tell a story that we've heard a few times. So you can tell it, and then I'm going to try to figure out how I'm going to answer, because I'm not sure. Do we know yet? <laughs> Do we know yet? After 19 years, well, are you we, the one? We've, we've known, then not known, known, then not known. Today, it could be not known. Yeah, that's when I answer the question. No, you guys, we have known. I, I think he said, did you say I love you first or me? I think it was you. It was at our I'm own I'm sure house. it was me. For sure it was you. It was for sure him. Because you're too hardcore. I am too hardcore. I'm like, I'm not going to let that guy in my life. Hell no. Um, no, I I think we knew pretty early on. We started dating in like August and he came home to meet my family at Christmas or New Year's that year. And we've been together ever since. We were actually talking about this. You guys know we go on walks every week multiple times a week. And uh, we were actually talking about this on our walk is that we have never one time broken up. And there's a lot of people who can't say that. So and I don't know what that has to do with, you know, how do we know we're the one? But I think from the beginning, you know, I think the first six months, eight months, whatever it is, I don't think that I 100% knew that I would spend the rest of my life with him. But I knew that it was something different. It was something You know, I have only been in three relationships prior to him, one for like two years and like two for like two seconds. Those were not great decisions. But um, so I I had been in a ton of relationships, but I was 
I've always been the girl that didn't really need a relationship. I wasn't like, I will be married by this time. I will have kids by this time. And I don't need a man kind of situation. And so I, I was never really looking for it. I know that that's kind of the, the stereotypical thing that, you know, when you're not looking for it, it's easy to find. And so I guess that's why it was easy to find. I really wasn't looking for it. And when we met that night in a bar where you were hammered on a date with another woman, it's so true, you guys. He's rolling his eyes, but it's fucking true. I still know the girl to this day. But all of that to be said, I think, you know, within the first probably six to eight months, I definitely knew that I'd be with him for a while. And the cool thing about this, guys, we have talked about this before, is that we have been together for such a long period of time. But I will say, even if we weren't married, I truly do believe we'd be together to this day because we want to be. And I think that that's a really cool, really cool stat. So that's not actually the part that I thought that you would talk about that I feel like that we've talked about many, many times. Um, I thought you would talk about the part about the control and um, if you were ever sick and who would uh, be the person. Oh, that's a really good story. I really thought that would be a little more heartfelt and a little more probably realistic and a little softer, which you always aren't. Um, So maybe it would be good for the people that listen to your podcast to hear the softer side of you. And I think there was more there than like us meeting in the bar. Would you maybe elaborate on the other story that I thought that you would tell, please? Well, that story is when I knew we would get married, where I wanted to get married. But I knew that I wanted to be with you. Like, that's not when I fell in love with you. We were together like eight years before that happened. So his um, brother and sister-in-law, his sister-in-law was really sick and we were all in the hospital. You know, she was really, really sick. She had a heart problem. And I remember sitting in the waiting room, you know, pre-COVID when people were normal, Um, we were sitting in the waiting room and everyone was there and we were there for for a few days. She was really sick. But I remember her husband talking to the doctors every day and he was in control of everything. And I was just sitting in that waiting room and I thought, holy fuck, that wouldn't be Nathan or that wouldn't be me for Nathan. That would be my parents or his parents. And in that moment. I had never one day thought about marriage before that. Not that I didn't think about it, but I'd never asked him about it. We'd never talked about it. Like we literally never had the conversation, but we left the hospital that night and I was like, I think I want to get married. And we were what engaged and married within probably a year from that, a year and a half from that. Well, we got engaged and then there was a year between engagement and marriage. Um, I don't think that, Like that story is great because I think it has to do with you allowing yourself to be vulnerable, which is not you at all. So I thought that was good to hear um, because I think that's a big part of life and moving forward. And, you know, how do you move to the next step and not force marriage and not force relationships? I think there are things in your life that happen that are really outside the relationship almost that allow you to be more vulnerable and see what other people are dealing with or you know, what could happen with you and your relationship if you're not vulnerable? What position would you put yourself in? So thank you for telling both stories because uh, they're both meaningful and they both mean a lot and hopefully um, answer this person's question about how did we know. I will say I knew originally it was not about love. It was about physical attraction at the bar where I was hammered, may or may not have been on a date with someone else. Uh, we still have that discussion quite often. I'm going to say no. She's going to say yes. Um, it is interesting, though, to, now that I'm thinking about it, her parents were here. 
um, a few weeks ago before we went on a holiday over the Christmas and New Year's break. And her dad and I were reminiscing a little bit about uh, when they had their golf course. And I had only met her parents a couple of times. And he and I were on the uh, driving range and and, uh, she had gone in with her mom and just having a beer with him and having that conversation. I was much more confident in the situation than your dad was. I think he was taken back a little bit and like way more, um, I think, upset a little bit. He was like, who's this Yahoo from Arkansas coming here to take my daughter away from me? Um, Same thing, though. We were together for a long time. Um, I would agree with Christina. I don't think that uh, if we had never gotten married, I think. We would still be together. Would we still be in the same spot we are today? I don't think that we would. Um, Marriage is marriage. We both find that to be a sacred thing and and it's a God thing and it's a faith thing. Um, You know, and if you're in it, you're in it. So there has been times in our relationships when she was talking about arguing and and fighting and, um, you know, being so different. Things happen for a reason and we got married at the right time for the right reason and We've stayed married at the right time for the right reason, where I think maybe if uh, I'm not saying we wouldn't be together, but um, it would have been much different, I think, if we weren't actually married, because there's just not that bond there. and There's not that commitment there. You good? I'm good. Anything else to say? You've heard my response. I'm good. I thought that was like our little secret thing. You tell everyone that. I called you stinky on the thing. I haven't called you stinky forever. I used to call you dang. Ding and stinky. I don't even know why we do that. It's so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe should I not? Should we delete that? You guys, beep! You don't know. It's- <laughs> well, I think now because they use that on Ted Lasso, maybe you have an excuse. Shut up, they do? Oh my God, that's right. They call her stinky. Oh my God, that was mine before that fucking show came out, folks. <laughs> oh, stinky. Okay, next question. Tell me today, who do you consider a role model? One, in your life, and two, in your business, and why? Short answer. Oh, my God. Those are fucking phenomenal questions, and I really wish this was a video, you guys, because my husband is, again, it's a snow day. He came home at 5 o'clock instead of coming home at 7 o'clock, so he is home extremely early, having a glass of wine in his slippers with a fucking notepad, red pen, like, making sure he has crossed out the questions that he has asked ahead of time, like, this is my husband and Enneagram one. I don't even remember what the fucking question is. Okay, role models, role models. I've got it, I've got it. Role models in life and role models. Life, in life number one. Role model in life. People know this. If they've listened to this podcast, they've been a longtime listener, which I appreciate. And thank you all. Thank you for rating, subscribing, reviewing, sharing, doing all the things so we can get this podcast out. Today is just a fun one for our, definitely for our loyal listeners, but hopefully you take something from it. I always want people to get tangible takeaways. Um, here's a tangible takeaway. The person I look up to the most is my 85 year old neighbor, Joyce. I've talked about this many a times. She is one of the fucking happiest, most active people that you can imagine. She finds joy in the tiniest, smallest things. She's been a widow for 20 plus years. She got a puppy at like 82 years old. She walks every day. She's more flexible than any person I've ever met. And yet she is the kindest woman you will ever meet. Uh, She drinks red wine, which I buy for her because her daughter doesn't want her to buy it. So if her daughter listens to this podcast, which I'm sure she does not, 
Um, yes, I buy your 80-something-year-old mother a bottle of wine each week. The big and I, ones. The big one. Like, we're not talking about a regular-sized bottle can, of wine. You can christen the shit. <laughs> we're talking about, like, the big, like, you know the ones that are, like, yellow tails, like, the big bottles, you know? That's what we get, Joyce. Um, but her, that she is such a mentor because she is just happy. And she is abundant and she is kind and she is active and she finds joy in the smallest things ever. So definitely a mentor there. Um, a person who is a mentor probably in my business. That's a really great question. Um, you know, I have learned from a lot of really great people along the lines, but I have talked about this on the podcast. There isn't anyone that I would trade spots with. There isn't anyone that I look at as better than me. There's people that are definitely further along down the journey. There's people that I can learn from, but I wouldn't say that I have like a specific mentor in business. I think there's people that I look up to who have strong faith and trust in the journey. You know, um, my good friend, Justin Pointer, my coach, Lacey, um, you know, I, I think even you, babe, you in business are definitely someone I look up to, you know, you have grown a company from, you know, three or four employees to hundreds of employees and doing all sorts of magical things across this world. So I definitely look up to you. And, you know, I just, I try to trust myself. I'm not afraid to invest in myself. I'm not afraid to figure things out. I'm not afraid to try and fail. Um, but I, I have a lot of trust in the impact that I'm trying to make. So that's probably not a great answer. The personal one, Joyce, for sure. Hardcore. So the question was role model, not mentor. So we can back up a second and I want to ask this again. So in your life, not necessarily a uh, mentor that like you're interacting with, but more like a role model. So if I'm a listener and I am hearing from you, who would you say is like a role model? Someone that you follow or someone that you, I hate to say aspire to be because I know that's not really you, but like. Who do you get tid tidbits from of, from information from, or who do you get something from? You're like, man, I'm going to use that. Like someone that's more of like a role model. Maybe they're not a mentor. Maybe I didn't ask the question correctly. Well, that's a good question. There's a lot of people that I follow online. Um, I definitely, you know, I get a lot of things from scripture. I get a lot of things from um, like devotionals. I get a lot of things from like sermons. You know, I, I love listening to like a Joyce Meyer or a Joel Olstein or, you know, our pastor here. We've been listening to um, Transformation Church a little bit lately, too. And there's just been a lot of good takeaways that you can associate for business. Um, Kat Golden, she's been on the podcast before. She uh, owns Nurses, Inspired Nurses. I just really adore her. I think that she's a really cool person to follow because she does everything her own way. Like that she will never listen to the noise and she will block it out and she trusts herself wholeheartedly. And I love that. You know, obviously like I follow an Ed Milad, I follow a Lori Harder, I follow a Mel Robbins. Um, you know, I, I think a Danica Patrick, you know, guys, I'm, I'm obsessed with her. Um, so there's, yeah, those, those are some people that I definitely look at and, um, are inspired by for sure. Perfect. Thank you for uh, correctly answering the question. Um, okay. Personal. Quality time. Oh God. What the fuck is that? Every woman who is a quality time love language knows what it is. And you know what it is. 
You guys, like, if you've been here for a hot fucking second, I could care less about gifts. I could care less about, well, I like touch, but I could care less if he does anything for me. I don't care about acts of service. I don't care about, like, words of affirmation. Quality time. Quality time, quality time, quality time. It's like 99% quality time and then like 5% every, or 1% everything else. Like I literally do not care. And for our quality time, I actually do not care what we're doing. If it's, there's, we could be sitting in the car together, just talking off of our phones, listening to a podcast, you're holding my hand, that's quality time. Spending the weekend together, that's quality time. Doing this podcast right now, that's quality time. Going on vacation, that's quality time. I don't really care what it is. I just want to spend time with you. And you say that it's because that's the hardest thing for you to give me. But I actually don't think that that's true because I always give gifts that are a reason, like time things. Like I will love, I love to give people experiences. I love to give people, you know, getaways or massage appointments or you know, trips to go get a burrito. I don't really care. Go get a coffee. Like I love an experience and I love time with someone. There's no greater gift than or gift to me. I know a lot of people, especially gift giving, like people love to hit like numbers and, and gifts. Like I'll give this person a thousand dollars and this person, like I could give two fucks. I would much rather go for lunch with you and it costs you $10. So I'm going to one, ask you to dig a little deeper on, I guess, giving a more clear definition for quality time. So if some of your listeners need to replay that to their boyfriends or husbands, then maybe they can get some clear direction. But, and two, is it okay to say, hey, babe, is this actually quality time or not? Is that okay? Yeah, I think it's fine to say that. Like, I think for you, sometimes I'll say, like, you'll say to me, like, we spent all week together. What do you mean you need time? I'm like, no, spending all week together, you coming home and ha us having dinner and laying down and going to bed or you and I, you know, having things to do with like family or work or whatever, but we're together. That does not count as quality time. And I do think it's really helpful to explain to someone, explain to your partner why you need that time, why you want to feel loved. Like, I want you to feel so loved when you make me feel loved by spending time with you. That's closer to a direct answer. Again, I, I would like to take notes, create a definition that I could post on my Instagram to help every <laughs> male or female, I guess, out there understand what quality time is. A, a little closer. Thank, thank you for that. So talk about, so these are my favorite stories is, is when you're with your parents, and you try to tell about how you used to be a, quote, little hustler, like how you used to do the golf balls and the golf carts. And like, I think as a kid um, or I know for myself, so many of those experiences like really affect you today. Like, you know, my story about the shoes from however many years ago. And I'm like, I'll be damned if I can never afford a pair of whatever dollar shoes. So talk about, I think it's so interesting how you talk about like how I was, have always been this little hustler and the, the golf balls and the golf cart washing and all those things. I think it's kind of fun. I've been a hustler since birth. Yeah. Dude, I have. I have been such a hustler since birth, you guys. Like I have always figured out a way to yes. And before I even knew the like 
little phrase that I've been using over the last however many years since I learned it from one of my good buddies on Kilimanjaro. Um, I've always found a way to yes. I've always made my own money. I've always been like a workhorse. Like I, I literally have no concept and I can't even wrap my head around. I was actually getting my hair done today, as you know. Um, my hairdresser, she is a former client of mine, good friend of mine, and she is a hustler too. And we were both talking about how we just cannot imagine how people don't work and hustle. Like it just blows my fucking mind. Right. But you know, I, I grew up on a golf course and I used to find golf balls and sell them to my dad. I used to clean clubs for people who were coming. Like I was never afraid. I could have been five years old and I would not have been afraid to like run someone down and ask them if I could clean their golf clubs for a dollar. Um, I would clean their carts. I would, you know, ask for tips. I would carry their, their clubs from the parking lot into the golf course. I actually, uh, we would, you know, do like every little girl, you know, you do dances and things like that to put, bring your boom box, your stereo system to try to earn some money or whatever. I've, I've just always been that kid. I've always, yes, like a stripper, babe, like a six-year-old stripper. Fuck. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus. Come on. Anyway. Um, no, it's like, you know, remember when we used to have the boombox? The boombox. Do you know? <laughs> my boombox, you guys, was yellow. Do you guys remember? Like, I think it was called like the Sony it wasn't like a, what was it? It wasn't a walk. Sony originated. Yeah. It was like Sony. It was yellow. Like, man, that thing was a fucking bomb. I want to call it a Walkman, but it wasn't a Walkman. But, and man, it was really cool. But yeah, we used to do anything and everything. There was actually like, um, <laughs> we used to call it the magical telephone. So remember, for those of you who are old enough to remember, and I'm assuming most people listening to this, remember when there was pay phones? Well, we used to have a payphone at the golf course. And obviously now I now understand that there was like a malfunction with it. But we used to stand outside of this payphone because the payphone, for some reason, when you push like the to get the quarterback, the quarter would always come back. So it's like a person would put a quarter in it or 50 cents or whatever it costed, make their phone call. And then we used to sneak in the booth and push the quarterback and the quarter would come back and they would still get their call. I mean, I probably made a fucking fortune on that little magical phone box growing up. I swear to God, ask my parents. It was crazy. Like whenever you needed money for candy, you would just go out to the like phone. And it, I think my brother and I or, and like maybe one of my friends were the only people that knew because we didn't want anyone to know that if you push the button, you got the quarters out. Like it was just it was magical. It was really a magical experience. But yeah, I used to work for my dad at the golf course. And then I worked in the bar industry and then golf. Like I've always just been a little hustler. It's definitely who I am still to this day. Like I will, I will always be a worker for sure. That is awesome. I don't think I've ever heard the, the uh, pseudo slot machine, slot, slot machine uh, pay fund. I don't think I've heard that one before. That's awesome. Okay. Another question. So you have been a tremendous help to me in my life with books and reading and mindsets and all those things. So, um, and I'm a member of a group called YPO, which is really just a big mastermind group. So um, how have masterminds and surrounding yourself with the right people changed or affected your life? Let's start with that. That's a broad stroke, but start with that. How has that changed your life today by being intentional about who you surround yourself with and your involvement in, let's call it masterminds, but that can be a, that can be as a broad stroke. That can be different groups or different scenarios or different situations that you're able to surround yourself with the right people. 
Yeah, I mean, it's very simple. This will be the shortest answer ever. You guys, I've done uh, uh, probably three to five podcasts on why masterminds, paying for your friends. What is a mastermind? Why do you need a mastermind? Why does it matter who you surround yourself with? At the end of the day, and by the way, that noise that you heard, which, babe, you're not supposed to be loud on a podcast. That it's decided it's my turn today. <laughs> it's decided it's his turn today. Um, that was his wine glass at five o'clock, but it's five o'clock somewhere. Um, all of that to be said, who you surround yourself with changes your life. Plain and simple. I don't really need to explain it anymore. You want to change your life, get around the right people. Um, you know, sometimes you're in situations in life. People always ask me this question. Well, what about family? What about friends? If you can, if you're over the age of 18, create some boundaries. You know, if it's at work, how do you change yourself? How do you learn from that? How do you block out the noise? It's kind of like right now with the media. How do you block out that? You just do it. You just fucking do anything and everything you possibly can to be surrounded by people who think differently, who want more, who think abundantly, people who are just different. It, it matters more than probably pretty much anything else. You are who you surround yourself with, plain and simple. So what people and or places do you surround yourself with that make you uncomfortable and why? And if you feel like you're hitting a ceiling and say you have stretched yourself to say X level of people and you know you're bumping your head on the ceiling and you know you need to take that next step, but you struggle with I'm confident here and I'm confident here, but man, I'm here. And I get myself in this situation, but I'm not confident. I'm intimidated. These people are X, Y, or Z, whether they, man, I'm going in this room and these people I know are wealthier than me or more successful than me, or these women are skinnier than me or dress nicer than me, whatever that may be. So how do you get yourself past that situation if you feel like I'm, I'm, I've hit the ceiling, I know I need to do it, I know how important it is. How do you get past that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, I honestly, I'd love to pretend like there's this huge, massive answer. But the thing is, you just fucking do it. If you want it bad enough, you'll always figure it out. You know, there's been a, a literally hundreds of rooms that I probably had no business being in. But I knew that if I wanted to be in those rooms, I had to get in those rooms. And if I had the opportunity to get into those rooms, whether I felt worthy, whether I felt, you know, imposter syndrome, you know, I've pushed myself so many times that, it, you know, I've talked about confidence as a muscle, right? The more you use it, the stronger it gets. So I push myself to do really uncomfortable things quite a bit that I know I can push myself to do the next uncomfortable thing. Is it comfortable? Fuck no. That's why <laughs> that's why it's called growth, right? Like, but I definitely think that like, I've just forced myself to do things. I, I find opportunities where I can push myself to the next level. I can push myself as, as far as I possibly can for this moment until I feel like a little bit of comfort and then like, oh, fuck, what's the next thing that I need to do, the next growth thing? And I think a lot of this comes down to trusting that still small boy, still small voice with inside yourself. There's no one better than you. But if there's people that are further along than you are, then push yourself to get in those rooms, find those rooms. There's opportunities everywhere. There is no excuses not to find a growth moment. They are all around you and not every one of them is paid for so find them get in the room you know get on a get on a live get in the group with someone go to a restaurant where you quote unquote don't feel like you need to be and put yourself in that space and i promise you you'll start fitting in you'll start your temperature will start coming up to that level thank you because sometimes that's difficult it's easy to take that first step second step 
But it's like, man, how do I get that next step? I really feel uncomfortable. I really feel out of my comfort zone and all those things. So thank you. Um, I think we're getting close to out of time. So um, tell us about or me about and these people listening. Um, any new projects you have coming up for yourself? Like any plans you have first and then second, any new business things, any new opportunities? Like what are you working on that maybe you haven't shared um, with everyone? Oh, it, this seems like he's trying to like lead me into something. And I swear to God, I didn't know these questions because I really don't have much going on. You know, it's funny. You walked into my office today and you said, what are those words on the board? What is fun AF? What is impact? What is trust? What does this even mean? Like he literally never walks into my office, you guys. Um, I have one. I have I three goals. <laughs> he said, this is my office. I let you use it. He's full of shit. This has never has been his office, nor will it be. Um, uh, I have three goals. One, trust. Two, impact. Three, fun AF, which is fun as fuck. Um, you know, I've talked about this, I think, on this podcast before, but I think I need to add a little bit more fun in my life. I am a hustler. I am a worker. I am so driven to make an impact that sometimes I think I forget that this is like a really fucking amazing journey that I'm on. And so, like I told you guys on the uh, the reflection of 2022, or pardon me, the reflection of 2021 podcast is that, you know, the goals are the same in 2021 as they were in, or the goals are the same in 2022 as they were in 2022. Ugh, you guys know I'm fucking horrible at that. You know what I mean? Last year, this year, same fucking goals. Goals are make an impact. I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. I do my masterminds. And this year we're adding a little fun aspect to my one-on-one coaching, which you can only know about if you're a part of my one-on-one coaching, which is currently full, but always happy to jump on a free discovery call and get you guys on the wait list. I am going to, oh, that is something new. I am going to open up a couple more spots, probably in March for one-on-one. I, uh, I'm going to have a little bit more bandwidth and I love my one-on-one clients. I love the impact they can make. It is not a small investment. It is a long commitment, but it gets you the results. And I'm really, really fucking proud of that. So same thing, 2022, as it was in 2021. Make an impact. Listen to God's still voice. Have fun as fuck in 2022. Perfect. It's never the same, but I understand. So um, I think that wraps it up for us. I would like to uh, thank everyone for listening to Decide It's My Turn today. You can follow me at JNSalter1 on Instagram. And uh, I'll turn it back over to your previous host, B. Christina. Babe, why would anyone want to follow you? You never fucking post. And if you do, the only thing you do is reshare something that is on my stories. That's it. That's all you do. But people love you, and I'm so grateful for you. I love the fact that people ask you questions. Uh, If you guys want us to do a podcast like this again, please do not hesitate to reach out. Let us know what kind of questions you want us to talk about. Um, You know, Nathan, you probably don't know a ton about him. And even though he is a little bit, (laughs) look at, he is showing me all of the questions that we answered here today. So there was plenty of questions answered, but if you guys have any more, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can always send me a text message. Send me the word podcast to 501-222-3362. Should we give him your personal cell number? (laughs) I'm kidding. Anyway, get he gets enough calls in a daily from his employees and all of his business contacts. Feel free to DM me. 
feel free to DM JN Salter one and let him know how much you love this podcast. You guys, I appreciate you. I thank you so much for sharing this podcast. I thank you so much for sharing with someone who think who you think might need it. Don't ever forget at any moment in time, you can decide it's your turn. This is the whole purpose. We do this podcast. Why, you know, Nathan came home early on a snow day to hang out and record this podcast and ask questions. I hope you learned something today. That's always my goal. Again, I'm so unbelievably grateful that this is my life. And thank you guys for being here. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that'll help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.